Today, we're going to talk about the Hyundai Envision 74 and the hurdles it's going to take to actually get one in production. Talk to you soon. Hey everybody and welcome back to Carside Chat. I am your host Primo and today I have an awesome subject. I think a lot of people really want to understand exactly what the deal is with this stuff, especially with the hydrogen cars and what's it going to take to actually make a car like this. This is not something that is just ready to roll off the assembly line and start in production tomorrow. Uh, a lot of these cars are concept cars and they change a lot from what you see, from what the final process is or what the product is. And so you kind of wonder, they really pushed a really cool car uh, with this Hyundai Envision and it is a, it's a really cool car to say the least. Um, but yeah, that's the thing is, is I want to go over that with you. It has a lot of hurdles. Uh, to go with before it can actually be produced before we do that obviously guys don't forget to like and subscribe don't forget to hit the bell icon because we have a lot more stuff that we're going to be bringing out it's going to be talking about and uh yeah a lot of the stuff with supercars exotics just big luxury stuff uh, we got a ton of stuff to go over with you, so we're going to do that in a couple of seconds here. But first, I want to remind everybody, don't forget to head over to the executiveautomotivesociety.com. You can get any of your updates there. Everything we're going to post there on our main website Don't that with the pages. We are literally everywhere. So uh, if you're looking for something, definitely head over there. If it, for some reason we're not someplace, it's very feasible that we could be not on a certain channel. Some of the stuff doesn't always go up on one single platform. Like when we do the live streams, you'll see it's going on five or six different platforms and yeah, it can go everywhere. So I don't want people to miss anything. Uh, before I start today, I have, I don't like being the bearer of bad news, but I did want to give a shout out. Uh, my friend, Kevin Keefe of Keefe imagery, uh, big time guy that used to work with us over in uh, exotics and supercars, super luxury stuff. Uh, he passed away last Saturday, um, basically natural causes. Um, but yeah, he, it was, he's one of our best guys. That's always been a, a part of the community and very supportive. And the thing is, is I wanted to give a moment uh, for him to just to say, you know, we appreciate everything that he did with us and for us. Uh, helped design a lot of the logos that you see uh, and really just came out and said, you know, I, I helped him with a couple of things and he's paid me back so much since day one, just uh, from designing things to putting stuff up and just saying, Hey, let me do it. And you know, he just go out and do it. So, I mean, part of the reason that we're here today and doing the show that we're doing is some of the hard work that he did in the background that, a lot of these guys don't get the pat on the back that they deserve, but I made sure to give him the pat on the back, um, made sure that he got one of the shield stickers, made sure that he got, you know, that we, he knew that we appreciated him a lot. Uh, so like I said, when he passed, it was very unfortunate. It was sad for everybody. So, um, so yeah, but um, yeah, the show must go on. So um, yeah, we did that last the weekend. So um, I wanted to move forward with this today. So again, thank you, Kevin, for everything you did. And uh, we hope to see you on the other side, bud. Um, so today's story is about this iconic car here, the Envision 74. And what is it going to take to get, I mean, look at this thing. This is amazing. This is a car that's basically going to be looking at something that's 
entry level, right? Something that you look at it and you go, wow, this is, this is what regular cars are going to look like. And yeah, that's the plan down the road. This is going to be something that would be basically available to every general public consumption, something that you could just go ahead and, you know, do whatever you needed to do and just purchase this car. And like that to me, looks like a car that would be competitive against pretty much any supercar out there. And that's very positive news for me. I love the idea of that was the thing is, is people don't realize that back in the day, BMWs, um, Mercedes, a lot of these different cars, it was not this huge separation that we see today. Um, in 1991, the field for exotic cars and cars being produced really shriveled down to like almost nothing. The Dodge Stealth, Nissan 300ZX, um, Toyota Supra, even the, the Eclipse, the Dodge Stealth, all those 3000 GT, all had the same kind of performance numbers as Ferrari's base model vehicle that was coming out. I mean, everybody, the reason the NSX is so popular, and I think the reason it changed a lot for a lot of people was that Here's a car that was basically a third of the price that came in and was able to compete against some of the biggest dogs out there. And, and they always say the history repeats itself. And here's a car that really just says, you know, history repeats itself. A lot of the concept designs that went into this were made to design to go into their future race cars and balance for weight and things of that nature. But the original design that they had for this was something that they were looking at saying a max speed of 250 miles per hour with a range of 600 miles. And that's one of the big things that everybody kind of hypes about, about hydrogen and why it's so important is because this was pitched as a hybrid. It was pitched as a car that would have a battery in it that would be rechargeable that would be something you could just take on long trips and then the hydrogen would kind of fall back and be kind of like regular fuel and that kind of thing so we are going to go into kind of the numbers of the vehicle itself here and uh, kind of see exactly what the current market is because like we said before the concept cars and what they bring out are completely different so when we see that concept we still get excited like that is something that's a doable car in the market so what kind of hurdles does it have or does it need to overcome to get to that next step? So to do that, I kind of like looked into some of the hydrogen history, where we are in hydrogen right now and why we are where we are and why this car actually came out looking like a production car. And uh, so overall, the big thing about hydrogen has over since 2011, which I started knowing about hydrogen, I want to say in 2005, which was something I really wanted to look into and had a lot of hope for. Uh, but since 2011, 41,700 vehicles have sold. Um, and that's about the same as a VW does in, let's say, about a day or two. So in the whole time of hydrogen coming out, they've only sold about 41,700 vehicles. So brands today sell way more than that in a day. So that's not a good number. But sales have increased. And the reason they've increased is they've started to see support in different areas and different brands have been really jumping on board for it. Um, and that was, that's come into play with 2020. They had 5,800 sales and in 2021 it was 8,500. So kind of flipping the number there. And that seems like, Hey, that getting some traction and you kind of think, well, why, why aren't I seeing those sales? So most of the sales are coming from uh, this car right here. Let me pull it up for you. This is the Hyundai Nexo. 
and it represents 92% of the sales. This vehicle is $59,435. And it has sold 9,208 vehicles globally. Uh, The majority of those sales have gone to South Korea. And the other cars that have gone into this route, so the other ones that have gone into the number that we heard for the 41,000 was the Toyota Miro. And that I think sold 2,600 and then the Honda Clary. So a lot of these guard cars came out in 2008, 2019, uh, well, 2019 area code while the Nexo started in 2018. Uh, and the majority of these vehicles are selling to the South Korean market, which is where they get the most bang for their buck, if you will. So there's, there's the most usage and the most infrastructure. And that's usually what happens is, that the infrastructure of these vehicles, because of the way they are, they use hydrogen. You can't go to a fuel tank and just fill up with it. They're going to go where those, those things are. So like I said, since 2001, 41,700 total sales and their prices are averaging higher uh, due to that lack of infrastructure. So a vehicle that's 59,435, you're probably going to be able to see uh, basically like a Mercedes car on that, that trim level. Like a lot of the cars out there that are SUV are a lot less. And I looked into a lot of numbers and I mean, just saying it $60,000 for an SUV. Like I, I hope this thing is made of gold. So, um, and it's not, it doesn't have a lot of the, the different options that, you know, it obviously the look and fit and finish is different because it's hydrogen and it has a, a newer look to it. But I didn't really see anything that really made me jump at it and say, oh, wow, that's 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 it right there. That's why I'm spending all the money. Uh, other co- companies are looking into test cars, Renault, uh, BMW, Pugo, um, and they're still trying to, de- this is the thing that I found really interesting about it was is they are still trying to develop ways of using hydrogen. And that's the thing that kind of made me jump because I said, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing, so for the Envision 74, for instance, are really things that are being designed for the market. There are things that that really aren't out there yet. So if you look at a car like this and you go, hey, what's the next big thing? The reason the next big thing is here is because somebody said, hey, I want to make something that will work for it. And it all came out from a lot of this Nexo. So uh, again, South Korea accounts for over, was it, here we go. 55% of the volume of vehicles that are being sold today that are hydrogen are going to South Korea. And, um, the, the rest of it, obviously mostly America, uh, USA. Um, and then the Nexo accounted for 92% of the sales of all the hydrogen vehicles that were out there. So that's, that's a pretty big number. <laughs> so if you're doing that, it's, you have to have something that's going to be something that's going to sell. Um, and that's the thing is, is if South Korea is 55% of the market, if you're going to make a low limit car like that, uh, it's going to be hard pressed to see that coming to America. So, but yeah, the design of it is pretty cool. So to, to put it into perspective of the new things that they're making here, the envision, here's the internal areas of it. So you have the, you know, the hydrogen tanks themselves, you have the engine, uh, the fuel cells, which is a little bit different on hydrogen than say, uh, um, most of the electric cars that you see today. And then you have the battery packs and things that change those things over and those battery packs. And I think the reason why this wanted to be a plug-in because of the idea of 
being able to go the long ranges. I think that's the biggest thing that people want to overcome right now is that you go a certain distance and you charge your vehicle up for a certain amount of time. It's not so good. So yeah, so the next, so to go back to see exactly, so we to kind of figure out where that car is going to go, we'll, we'll go back to the Nexo here. This car with, and this is, I'm guessing based on hydrogen, which is the way I read it, was the Nexo gets 65 city, 55 highway, so 61 miles per gallon combined uh, with a 30, 380 mile range, which is actually really good. Um, so one of the things you said, okay, so why wouldn't we go with that route? That seems, you know, a lot better, right? Well, hydrogen right now is $16 per gallon. So it is four times more expensive than going with gasoline. So that is going to be a huge margin to overcome. And to put it in example, so let's say you wanted to travel and you want to get your Envision out here. And you said, hey, I'm ready to go. Where are all the different things? Well, this would be your map. So all those little dots over there, that's exactly where your filling stations are. So you see some of the top left in Washington. The majority of stuff is going to be in California. Uh, and then I see one up in Canada. So I did this search to kind of see where are my hydrogen filling stations. And most of the stuff is really just kind of um, centered around in this area. So you get Los Angeles and then um, San Francisco, Santa Cruz, San Jose. Um, so yeah, if you lived in those areas, which had, I mean, they're, they're doing a lot to try to push this stuff. Um, why you probably do pretty well if you stay in that area, but if you plan on traveling across the way, you're probably going to have some issues traveling. So that's going to get in the way of actually producing any vehicles or seeing them sold anywhere outside from something other than a collector. Um, so the first question that somebody had to me before was, okay, so, you know, why hasn't this become kind of a big thing? Why isn't the, uh, this car really just catching on? I mean, it seems pretty much a given if we get enough stuff out there that we can somehow lower the price of hydrogen. I mean, it's really easy to make is what everybody sold on it. So um, some of the things that I wanted to go over right now was kind of the difficulties that we have uh, in both transporting them and how you actually, it sounds really easy on paper and then you actually do the research like I did and it becomes painful very quickly. So, uh, the first thing is, is that to get hydrogen around to transport it, there's a couple of different ways you can do a cryogenic liquid tanker. Um, the other thing is, is a gaseous tube trailer. Uh, and the other thing is, is that you can, you can do something with piping. Uh, but again, this has to be very pressurized. So it has to, has to be a certain kind of system. Um, and that's the thing is, is one of the things they were working on is new technology that had high pressure or a liquefied coal version of, of, of it that would transport the stuff. So just making a pipeline like they do on gas is not going to work. You can't just make some pipeline and pump it all to everywhere and, and do all that. It, it's going to take a lot of infrastructure to do something like that, which South Korea has done. They have a lot of that stuff already, and it's not this huge country that has a lot of the problems. I mean, look, if you were the size of California, you can see it would probably be a little bit easier to do that because you're in a certain area. And that's the thing is, is if you had the, here's your income area. So those people want these types of cars or pushing for those types of things, but now you have the variation that can't catch on everywhere. Um, but it, it would be nice if some of it worked, but that was the problem is, is to transport the stuff you have to have more things than you have to have to even transport anything else. So you have to be able to cryogenically 
freeze a tanker. You have to be able to uh, gaseous tubes, like all the stuff that meant transporting it was a big pain in the butt. So I think that's something that a lot of design stuff hasn't gone into that. A lot of the things about overcoming some of these obstacles has really not been developed in a way that is readily available for people to have access to. I mean, you saw the map. I mean, it's pretty bad that, you know, there's a couple of little areas there that you have that'll work basically to move around. And even then problematic wise, you really have to plan a day to drive around on your hydrogen car that costs $60,000 as an SUV. So I can see where there'd be a little bit of pushback on that. Uh, but yeah, it's like, again, South Korea, 55% of the market, they have a lot better infrastructure than, than is everywhere else. So that would explain why they actually did that. There's some other things that I wanted to bring up on this that people really sell about hydrogen, how it's produced and why it's kind of a net negative thing right now. Um, the biggest thing is, is that how it's basically refined. So people will say basically like electrolysis, I think is the one that they bring up all the time. Um, and in reality, uh, 90 some percent of the hydrogen that we get right now comes from petroleum refineries. That's right. Petroleum. Uh, you know, you heard about that before the one that they're trying to basically get rid of to actually be able to make hydrogen. So why is, what's the problem with that? Well, petroleum refineries reform and separate hydrogen from the carbon atoms in methane. That is the majority of the ways that we get that. The steam and methane reform they, at high temps, it's a 1,300 degrees to um, 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and then they it reacts with methane. Uh, they put a catalyst in it. So same thing as your catalytic converter. They use a catalyst, and that produces the hydrogen. And then it also produces carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide. And I think it's funny that every time I read that, they say it does a little bit of carbon dioxide. Now, here's the thing. It's still carbon dioxide. It's still making carbon dioxide. Uh, and that was the thing that I thought funny about it was is that everybody says, well, you know, hey, if you were in a room with your regular vehicle and you were you know, put in there by itself, that it would probably hurt you. And that would be the problem because, in, you know, that, that's the exhaust gases and stuff like that. And I said, well, the really the problem is not so much carbon dioxide, even though it takes up a certain amount of space, you don't want to be inundated by it. But carbon monoxide, which is probably the bigger problem here, is actually not good for you at all. Like you don't want to breathe that. Um, and I think that's funny that they took a little bit off the carbon dioxide because that's what everybody says. But here, take some time to research carbon monoxide and see why that's probably the thing that you want to pay attention to when it comes to being in a room with your vehicle by yourself. So that was not good. And But everybody that sells it sells it on the side of electrolysis, um, which is simply just taking a reaction of a um, – it's basically water molecule and you take that water molecule and you break it up and you say, okay, now I've got, you know, here's H2O. So I have the hydrogen, I I'm making water. Then I have a couple little byproducts, but the, the way you do that is the reason that people don't do that as much is because it takes a lot more energy to make that. And then they never really bring up the reason that you have a lot of hydrogen today, which is steam methane. So it's a totally different process of what they're selling you. Um, the other ways of doing it is natural gas is the main methane source of hydrogen production. Um, there's there's a thing called biomethane, which I thought was really cool. I uh, used from landfill options. So if you know that meth, uh, that that you, you can use methane from landfills and other things like that, which I thought was an interesting a lot of stuff I didn't know. Also, I understood that they were color codable 
which was green green hydrogen, which is renewable, brown, which is made from coal. <laughs> Love it. Okay, and gray, methane gas or petroleum. Uh, blue was a carbon capture uh, or a, a storage system, uh, so storage sequestrian. So in other words, they're taking it off of byproducts. Pink is uh, formed with nuclear energy. So, wow, nuclear energy. Wow. Um, didn't know all those different options, did you? So that was the thing is it was a very eye-opening thing. And what I realized very quickly is, is there is a, it's really cool to have the idea of a hydrogen car. Um, I really just looked at a lot of this stuff and it just, it is so exciting to see a car like this and say, how do we get this to America? I really looked at that and I said, you know, this is what I wanted when it came to um, the new DeLorean. That would have been very exciting to be able to see that DeLorean setup really coming together and making something cool. And it, it, yeah, it's got a mountain to come over. Now, what I hope is that because Hyundai really does very well with its designs and concepts. A lot of the concepts I own a Hyundai Genesis and I have to say it looks very close to exactly how they had the concept, the concept that they rolled out in the car that I owned in my driveway, if not very similar, super similar. So that's something that I said, a lot of brands, you see stuff and you, that is not what they're making at all. So that was the thing is, is I kind of looked at it and said, eh, you know, whatever. But with this, like I said, I expected this car to look very similar to what they want to produce. So here's the thing. I know that Hyundai, maybe Genesis, maybe some of those brands, depending on how they want to do it. You have Herculean, uh, Herculean uh, mountain to overcome to bring a car like this to America, um, especially with the hydrogen thing. It's not just bringing in a car. It's not just designing something. It's designing the entire infrastructure by which that vehicle would come in. Um, I would say, let's just, if you have to just make it as an electric car, make some variations of it so that we could have something that would have some sort of infrastructure to support it. Um, I would like to say that um, have a version of it, which is V8 or, you know, some kind of powerhouse engine that would change a lot of things or make it available to people. Even if, you know, things didn't go their way when it comes to hydrogen. Um, I do know that they have kind of gone away from that. So they really didn't make much when it came to, what became, you know, what would be the hydrogen side of things. And I find that veritably in, unfortunate because the reality was, is this vehicle's look, this vehicle's style, and there's something about the past that this vehicle touched into that really gripped people from the heart. And they saw this vehicle and said, I want that. And the worst part is, is that a lot of people looked at this car and kind of lost hope once they found out it was a hydrogen and they lost hope because they did a lot of the research that I just did and realized there's a pretty high percentage, or at least it'll be a while. They'll design a lot more stuff down the road than they ever will before they get back to actually making something like this for the road. And I think that's sad. I think it's unfortunate that we can't, the, the, the people out there want an exciting car. And they want something just like we had in the 90s. They want to have a vehicle that we can get into, that we don't have to spend a ton of money on. Doesn't matter if it doesn't make 900 horsepower, it goes 250 miles per hour. 
those are really cool things, but it still becomes just a number game. It just becomes something that gets, you get boggled down and all this BS that becomes this whole structure thing that doesn't work. Not, not everybody is into the big power number. Some people want to buy a car like this and it's like their next Corvette. They're going to have something where it's like, you know, I, I just want to drive this to work. Can I drive this car to work? Can I have this for something that, you know, I want this in my driveway. This could be something in the driveway that would be so exciting for me to just come out every day, even if I drive it on the weekends and just say, mm. but then to look at that car and say, I'm going to spend a hundred thousand dollars on it and I have no way of filling it up. And it literally is just a collector car. And now it goes to a car that nobody wants to buy and just becomes part of that, you know, looking for a new driveway concept that we have. Yeah. The next Bugatti. And I think that people are going to be looking when it comes to manufacturers are going to be looking for that next thing that's going to take over that Bugatti position because a lot of people now see Bugatti's gone is going to be going there. Their um, their leadership right now is with the uh, Revan leadership. So the next Bugatti will not be the car that we normally see. It'll be something like that, but it still has the idea of saying you, the price tags have got to come down. And they have to come down in a way. And it's not just about being globally accepted and everybody having a car. And that's the way the price is going to come down. It's going to come down to, you know, do you want to build a car that this one, they're advertising at 250 miles per hour. So this car, 250 miles per hour is how they're pushing it and 380 mile range. So that's going to be one of those things of saying, how do you, how do you beat that? You know, how do you do that when you say, hey, everybody's spending the same on a car, whether it be the cheapo Hyundai or whether they're buying the, the high-end Bugatti, they all make the same power and they all look the same cool shape or whatever. That's There's a lot of changes that has to occur with that. And hydrogen, maybe that hydrogen was the thing. But like I said, it's good. They have the hurdle that they have to overcome to come here is going to be really bad. Uh, and it kind of sucks to know that. So I hope that they find a way around it. I hope they find a way to do something where it's generally accepted. I would like to see this out there competing against some of the big high-end cars. I'd love to see that at the track. Um, the car that they showed for what they were designed, the design work went into, was just incredible. Like That is a full-on race car right there. And a lot of these guys are looking for cars. It'll be the next race series. Everybody's trying to, to be more environmentally friendly when it comes to um, their race car setup. So, I mean, most of the stuff right now I was thinking ran ethanol uh, anyway. So, I mean, a lot of these cars do run clean. I, F1 is indie, I think, has run that way ever since I've known it, which is why when the gas burns, it, it burns straight. But the other thing that I find, and then the final thing that I wanted to go over today was, when it comes to hydrogen, a lot of people look over and say, well, you're in this car that, you know, has the issues that it has like, you know, Hey, you're in a car that uses explosions to run. Great. Well, the biggest problem with that is when you come to hydrogen, one of the big problems we have with electric cars. And if you've seen it in the news lately is when they catch on fire, they burn hot, they burn long. They're, they're huge problems. Firefighters have had problems fighting these fires because they ran. Now let's add hydrogen into the concept. And that's the thing is, is there's not enough hydrogen out there to really get an idea of what that's going to become down the road. 
but you know that once they get a ton of cars out there and somebody's mass producing something because this new technology that everybody's getting into and everybody wants a piece of the action, uh, there's going to be a point when one explodes, burns, whatever, and hydrogen is not friendly when it comes to that. So that's the other problem. You're going to have to do a lot more work safety-wise for hydrogen uh, to make it something that it is. So that's just some concerns of mine. Now, do I know everything about hydrogen? No, I don't. It's the thing is I want to know, but I don't want to know biased information. I want somebody to be honest with me because a lot of the problems that we had with the electric cars out there, nobody was honest with us about it. And that was the things when I finally test drove the cars that I had, uh, I was not happy with fit and finish. I was not happy with handling. There was a lot of issues that that different kind of weight structure we hadn't nobody really worked it out and that was the pro, some of the problems they overcome brands like tesla have done their best to overcome some of those problems but they still have hurdles to overcome now add in the hydrogen to the mix uh and that's the thing is is it makes really makes me wonder how these are i would like to drive one maybe we'll be lucky enough to get one out in california at some point and maybe getting a a, a turn on one but for then i'm not really going to hold my breath on seeing anything like this in the near future. Uh, but yeah, it would look great on the racetrack. It'll look great every place else. It'll look great in pictures. And it actually got us excited for about two minutes uh, before we realized, uh, yeah, this uh, hydrogen, awesome. This is going to be an issue that we have to overcome. And it's not just going to be an idea of, you know, adding gas pumps to the, I mean, how many cars do you buy that says, hey, by the way, the octane that you run in this car, well, they don't offer it anywhere in the U S except for a couple of gas stations in Los Angeles. So, uh, yeah, that's that, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. You tell me what you think in the comments below, uh, make sure you like, and subscribe to the channel, share some of the stuff out. I want to hear what everybody has to say about this. I want to hear about everybody's input on it and knowing what you know now, what does that change in your perception of, what this could potentially mean and how much we have to overcome for a hurdle. Do you think it's feasible? Maybe that is it. Maybe the idea is we need more people out there in the technology or they're not people out there in the technology because it's not really paying off. And the only reason they get money is because they're getting money from grants and other things like that to try to produce technology. I don't see a lot of money flying out of investors hands to get into some of this stuff other than some of the brands out there electric, because I think that's the blooming market. That market is being forced hand-wise. Um, we had somebody that was in Lucid that I am very excited about to see come a little locally, and I have been dying to see a Lucid because that is, they're trying to, Lucid's kind of like the Rolls-Royce of electric cars. Uh, and that's the thing is, is having driven a Rolls-Royce, having driven the Bentley, to see comparatively how that car does versus how the other cars did. I'm really having very, very, very high expectations and they definitely go price point with that car and they don't apologize. So, I mean, I, everybody's going to say rolls, but it, I mean, is it really just the S class or is it, you know what I'm saying? It, it's what level are you at? And the thing is, is we really need to really define where that vehicle is so that we can figure out exactly what it, what it is and what it means. So, yeah. So I hope you guys like the show today. We're going to, Come back later. We're going to have a next topic. I don't even know what the next topic is going to be, but we're going to work something out. I have been getting into, oh, that's right. I had some people that were doing some stuff with uh, cryo detailing, which I thought was very interesting. So I'm going to reach out to some of those guys to see if they're interested in being on the show uh, for next week. 
And if they will, we'll be great to have them. I think that'd be really super exciting. So um, if you're into that stuff, definitely tune in. Otherwise, you guys have a great afternoon. Thank you for tuning into the show. We're going to keep bringing this stuff out to you. Uh, and uh, always, folks, always keep rolling. Talk to you then.